Welcome to the Weekly Hook, the podcast where usually one of us chooses a topic they're hooked on and the other has no idea what's coming. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad, and today, if you go, I go. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and at seriallyhooked.com where you can get all our latest info. And with that, shut up, Thierry Henry. <laughs> where was the first quote from? I don't remember that. Uh, that was from the penultimate episode, uh, Rebecca talking to Ted on the, uh, we're talking uh, about yeah. Ted Lasso, by the way, everybody, uh, season <laughs> three, uh, yeah, talking about her not wanting him to leave or like she thinks about selling the club. Yeah, the penultimate or the finale? I don't remember. It's, it's the finale. Yeah, it's yeah. the finale. <laughs> Says the person who binged it, like, probably this week. <laughs> uh, I binged all of it last week until i then realized that oh there's actually the season finale is not last week but this week so i watched <laughs> 11 episodes last week and one this week oh what a marathon that must have mm -hmm. been especially this season had really long episodes so yeah. that's a lot of binging right yeah that but it was fun it was fun uh, my general thoughts might not uh sound like it but i had a lot of fun watching it but what did you think about it I think we'll end up at a similar place here because I enjoyed this season tremendously, actually. Uh, but there were quite a few cons that weren't really present in the previous seasons. But mm. one of the things that I find that is interesting to compare the show to, it's a, it's a lot of the idea would be, right, if you're thinking, okay, Ted Lasso, it's comparing it to the iconic first season of Ted Lasso. And I think that this show has transformed to the point where that's really not analogous anymore. And it becomes more apt to compare it to the last season, to season two, where mm -hmm. season two and three clearly veer off in a different direction than season one, where you have largely 30, 35-minute episode comedy galore. And season two and three have veered towards hour-long, more dramatic, lots of plots. And this season really is just a symptom of um, the trends set up in season two, And then everything is basically just turned to 11 in terms of all the different things that they cram in there. Um, but I don't know, like, I have a lot of thoughts and we can talk mm. through them, but I'd like to hear your first thoughts before we kind of go into pros and cons or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I just, I enjoyed watching it. And I would say the humor is the same as the previous two seasons. But I didn't feel like the more emotional parts landed nearly as much as they did in the previous seasons, especially season two. Um, maybe it's a pacing issue. I felt like some of them were a bit rushed, like like those moments didn't have enough time to unfold. And we've always talked about, when talking about this show, about the character arcs, and I just thought they weren't that strong this time. Many formerly interesting characters were pretty flat for me, or at least, yeah, again, they didn't just... They just didn't land. But, you know, those are, you know, some of my more general gripes with it. Well, I think that for me, it's a little bit more nuanced because some of them I think really landed well and some of them did not land in my mind. So it, it's really a case by case basis when it comes to the emotional beats of the show or the yeah, season. Sure. Of this. Um, I think maybe as a batting percentage, it's a little bit lower or significantly lower than um, last season, but they also take way 
more swings at it this season and they add mm-hmm. a lot into there. And for me, I actually felt myself feeling very similarly with regards to in certain places of the season where um, the plot in certain storylines was accelerated too quickly or or big momentous events happened off screen. And despite the show being significantly longer in um, episode length, I thought that the problems of this season, whatever they may be, for me come down to one thing, and that is pushing so much fluff or extra plot Mm -hmm. into there and taking up the space where I think it would have been more interesting to see more things happen on other on for other characters for the characters were arguably just more interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that boils down to at least the first three that I came up with in terms of kind of unnecessary plot. And the thing is, I enjoyed it, at least some of it, um, but I think it was somewhat unnecessary. And I think that is the Zava plot, which mm-hmm. I found very funny and really um, yeah. interesting, but kind of was unnecessary in the grand scheme of the, the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I found and I really hate to say this, I guess the last two, I really hate to say this, I didn't resonate with the KJPR plot. I think that mm-hmm. was extraneous to the major storyline of this season. And I think that it was a lot of space that could have been very much, much more succinct. Um, and <laughs> I think it became an, a big issue for me um, at, a port, at a point in the season especially when it comes to sacrificing time from other characters like Nate or Roy or Beard or Rebecca and all these other characters that we mm-hmm. actually are more interested in. No, not more interested in, I'm interested in Keely, but her journey in KJPR is just not connected to Ted Lasso or, or Richmond because yeah. it doesn't affect her relationship with Richmond at any point. Because if it had, then you have a, a connection and a, and, a, and a driving force between the two characters or the characters' two goals between um, keeping a client that they love, AFC Richmond, and their own business, whatever. And this one is a, a, maybe a bit controversial because there's a, there is a beautiful message behind it. But I found um, Colin's... Uh, storyline to be um extraneous as well um i really like the message of you know accepting you know those um you know accepting his journey and coming out to his team i thought that was a very touching moment for sure and it's one of my favorite moments of the season but that said it was indicative to me of like it's not a plot b plot c plot this is freaking like e plot going on Mm -hmm. and it seemed like they just tried to stuff in every everything and um it would have worked for me more if it was just something left to the sideline or in the background or something like that uh but i think those are some plots that i found took space away from where I think what you're talking about with pacing, things felt rushed. And also also the the Nate and Jade thing, whew, I, <sighs> I I really could I could have dealt without that. Um, mm-hmm. I like that he ended up getting a partner and that teaches him how to stand up for himself and and see things for what they are. But wow, that was a, a it was not a relationship I can get into. So mm-hmm. th- there's there's these plot lines that I felt like um on a grand scheme of things and and when you're making decisions from a television show you're trying to keep things in cut things and 
in my mind, I think they just made a little bit of a wrong decision in, in allocating the space that they had towards these characters as opposed to um, really digging into what happened with Nate at West Ham, his managerial techniques with regards to his relationship with um, with uh, both Rupert and and his father and his family. Um, that would have been much more interesting. Rebecca's own like journey with regards to they teased this whole fortune telling thing and then just dropped it basically after episode two and then like her relationship with her mother just doesn't really develop much this airline pilot guy that just shows up at the end and there's this journey (laughs) that she goes on that sort of comes out of nowhere like it there's a lot of things there that i think would have been more interesting um and also sam was basically completely on the sideline this season minus him being sad for the nigerian national team mm-hmm. which also gets wrapped up in the season finale which doesn't make any sense also oh what's his face bringing back edwin akufu i think that was a misstep but these are i have small missteps but yeah. when it comes to the bigger missteps i think there are bigger plot lines that i think um didn't need to be in this season yeah i agree with a lot of what you just said um i think sam though I feel like Sam did pretty well. Like he had the whole thing with his restaurant and the getting involved in uh, politics, immigration politics in the UK. You're totally right. I take that back. That was, you're totally right. I completely forgot about that. I just remember the finale. This is the benefit of binging it and not watching it week to week. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Yeah, I agree. Like KGPR wasn't that interesting. I thought that Keely and Roy, like breaking up, they did a whole thing about it in the in that episode, but then it was almost non consequential in a way, and it didn't really have any big impact on anyone. I felt like, like especially Keely, and yeah. uh, So in in international break, the I think one of the best episodes of the season, mm-hmm. they get back together conceivably, right? So the episode ends with Roy coming down in a bathrobe or whatever. And yeah. the idea is, oh, maybe they are actually back together. And it was a beautiful like capstone to the journey that Roy was going on this season with mm-hmm. finding his self-confidence and him realizing that his faults affected his relationship with Keely and da, 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 that beautiful letter. But then, mm-hmm. as you said, they just basically as you, it's non-consequential and nothing happens out of it and then they kind of go back on everything and uh, the way that they ended jamie and royce the, that stupid fight at the end i was just very angry yeah. whatever continue sorry i keep interrupting yeah. because i have such so much passion about this oh i i i'm all there for your pa- i mean this is like this is an outlet for your passion right this is what what we're talking about when we're talking about serially hooked and the weekly hook this is what this is what we're literally hooked on right now so please of course um yeah i agree with the with the stuff i think i like colin's stuff i think it was fine like um i would say like also the amount of time they gave gave it was per like pretty much not not perfect but like as good as it can get and still though i yeah as you said they focused on the wrong subplots again i think there were there are like nate has a totally has a character arc but it falls flat to me and the the many scenes that are supposed to have any like emotional impact like I can see that they're doing this, but at this, I don't. I feel like I feel nothing when it comes to Nate's arc. I think what happened in the writers' room is that they had a very powerful ending, 
right? That scene in the finale, I think, was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And then they had a very powerful beginning where we kind of see this kind of angry Nate, but still kind of a little bit weak and not and, and yeah. subservient to Rupert. But the journey in between was kind of a little bit murky. And yeah. it really just accelerated between... Um, I forget the name of the episode before international break, but before international break, and then that episode where he com- where he you know confronts his father or whatever, mm-hmm. and then also the whole side thing where he's working at a taste of Athens, which is kind of ridiculous, but yeah, um, kind of funny but ridiculous. Uh, I, yeah, so I think as you as I said, there's a beginning that they had in mind and, a, and, a, and an end that they had in mind. How to get there, I think, was a little bit um, yeah misguided and and not that like. Do it, like, cut that by 80% and uh, it's fine. Like, we didn't need all of that. Like, the like the t- Taste of Athens thing is a perfect example because we could have, there was so much of that that could have just been cut. It was like, okay, we get it. The third time, the uh, the owner is still a big fan of Knights. Like, yeah, we've seen this before. We, you don't have to keep repeating this. And um, it was actually a little bit... Like as as we as you were talking about the more like bloated almost like uh, scope of this show, I felt the perfect encapsulation for that was the many many cameos that I just found to be like kind of. I mean, okay, they got Pep Guardiola, which is amazing. But, no, and like, no, fuck. I was going <laughs> to screw Pep. <laughs> that was kind of fun. But, uh, that was a terrible cameo. I hated that cameo. So robotic. <laughs> Pep is not an actor. Like, yeah, he just yeah. quotes Ted Lasso back to himself. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I would have liked if, if it was just um, uh, like he he's already mentioned in the like instruction video on like total football and like that was enough it was almost like they love pep so much they wanted to give him like this was it's almost like uh Ted Lasso was sponsored by Etihad Airways or something um but yeah just like all of the referees and all of the different people and it's just like okay we get it like you you're now like you have access to these sorts of people. But it's like, do we really need this? Is this what Ted Lasso is about? And it's not. Um, so yeah, I think they just lost focus. And you mentioned before how this season in particular has go- has way longer episodes. And I think it is to its detriment. It's just, yeah, it's just too much. The annoying thing is that I really enjoyed this season of television. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. And then I, I, I uh, sat down to write some notes for this episode. And I thought, like, oh, they're like, I, whilst I still enjoyed it, it kind of, you know, I have all of these points. <laughs> well, I think it it falls into like a sitcom trap where mm. it's very friendly characters and they made great characters. The, la- the list of cool characters that this show created and memorable ones is insane, but it kind of, it falls in terms of it's try it's aspirations in some ways to, to be a prestige drama. And mm. in that sense, it doesn't really make it sometimes. But with that said, the season had some great episodes. I've mentioned international oh, break yeah. quite a few times. I liked the finale minus a couple things, um mm-hmm. the the sunflowers sunflowers which is the episode of amsterdam i thought that was beautiful <sighs> so good i love i think that was maybe my favorite of the season i'm not sure there's a lot of great ones yeah. 
um, big week. I like that one as well, where they kind of go uh, to play West Ham and Nate. And that was like a kind of funny scene um, <laughs> with Nate in the elevator. That still makes me laugh yeah. thinking about that. Uh, but I, there's there's a great a lot of things in this season. Um, I also love, for example, Jamie and Roy's developing friendship. They're so, oh, so funny. Good. Minus the end that I thought was really stupid. But yeah. uh, them finding each other was great. I love um, Nate confronting his father. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a beautiful beautiful scene um it's it's very operatic obviously where he pulls out the violin and he plays yeah. um this adagio over um edwin akufu's meeting as well um i love the addition of trent Krim. i thought that was so it's good my f- personal highlight of the season honestly <laughs> i loved it so much it's funny it's uh, what a great what a great um idea and i love the scene yeah. where he comes um after the um i think they lose to arsenal or arsenal, uh, yeah, yeah he runs like, <laughs> i know i know what you're doing i get it now and it's gonna work it's so good uh i've rewatched that scene way too many times it's just yeah. hilarious <laughs> so there's a lot in here that's phenomenal um yeah. i think i don't want to lose sight of that as we're discussing some of its its shortcomings mm-hmm. i guess no, absolutely. And I think uh, we've talked about this briefly before. I think they're doing a lot of things that they used to do and used to do really well. And they do it well here too, like um, confronting contemporary things that football and like just society at large grapples with. Like um, the most probably distinct to like European football is the Super League topic. But we also have things like homophobia and racism and the role of athletes as political a- activists and all of these things that were there before. And I think this this season, they do a really good job of doing it as well. So yeah, I totally, totally um, am with you there that there are so many things that I loved about this um, season. There were just also some that I didn't like. <laughs> Yeah, this show seems to be the most online show out there in terms of yeah. it's so aware of the discourse around it and not even around it in society and mm-hmm. specifically focuses on those things. And I think that's a, it's really admirable. More television shows should be like that because a lot of TV shows try to stay agnostic to social issues or whatever it is. And this show is it, it is many things, but one thing it's not is agnostic. Yeah. And I think that was also that like as to step out of the show for a bit, um, they also um, who was it again? I think um, yeah. After after the uh, I think it was the world yeah it was the World Cup, um, and England obviously lost in a penalty shootout. And, Euros. Oh, it was the Euros. Oh yeah, that was that. And uh, afterwards, you know, a bunch of UK players got some racist, bigotry, hate. And Jason Sudeikis wore like a sweater with their names uh, to, I think, the Emmys or something. And so I think like this show just doesn't pull any punches. And I love that about it. And yeah, same with, you know, Shut Up and Dribble and all of these things that are literal quotes from our real life uh, that you know, just bleed into this show in a way that I uh, really like. Yeah, and just to reference that, yeah, that was a Euro final versus Italy in Wembley yeah. Stadium. And it was uh, um, Sancho, Rashford, and Saka who missed penalty yeah. kicks. And then they were attacked or racially abused online. And um, he, uh, Jason Sudeikis, kind of 
wore the shirt wore the shirt in their support. So just to give some specifics to the story yeah, that you course. just told, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 and when Sam is having his rant against people who hate him, he mm-hmm. mentions specifically when he misses a penalty, and and him yeah. saying that was oh, this is what he's referencing. It's mm-hmm. it's all like allusions to some things that happen to real in real life, and this is mm-hmm. reality for a lot of these athletes. A hundred percent, yeah. But I don't know if I mean, we've talked about all the things that we like. Should we just move into our top four Palooza Absolutely. with regards to Ted Lasso? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we're we're doing uh, some specific ones to for this season, and then general ones for Ted Lasso all three seasons. And I just realized that I haven't finished that, so I'm just going to come up with it on the spot. Uh, we're going to start with character arcs of this season what what's your number four so my number four is it's tough because this is like a one that we've criticized but um and i think there's a lot of criticism to be had here um but my number four is is nate um Mm -hmm. i think not because of any of the taste of athens stuff or the jade stuff i think that was subpar but because of the father stuff and because of mm. the beginning to end of it, I think is the biggest journey. And yeah. um, I think it was a beautiful sort of um, ribbon on sort of his, fi- him him finding himself and his own self-confidence independent of the abuse that he took from his family and uh, the, the perceived abuse he took from Ted Lasso, which wasn't, you know, was uh, obviously exacerbated in his mind because of his father issues. Yeah, I again, I think on paper all of this is true. Intellectually, I absolutely agree. Just it didn't land emotionally for me, so that's why it was like basically my number 5. Um my number 4 character arc is actually one that you didn't like uh, and that's Colin because I really liked that they were talking about that subject about uh, closeted queer people in football especially men's football because it's totally different in women's football and uh, i really love the integration of it into into a few episodes and like his whole journey with it also talking you know not only to his boyfriend about it but also uh, about uh, trent which i thought was really great and yeah, I just I, when when I first basically realized that that's something they're going to talk about this season, I was really excited. So I thought I'd honor that by giving it my number four spot. Well, actually, it's my number three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I never said that I didn't like it. I thought it was okay. unnecessary to the plot of the show, and it huh. distracted from other things. That's not a True. negative on it. The yeah. arc itself, I think, is a beautiful story, and it creates humanity for Trent Krim as well. And I think it is—it's something that's—it's is, one of the most effective things of the season. That to me does—it's similar, not similar, but it's the Zava thing is also in and of itself effective. It is just not the point of the show if you're trying yeah. to push the plot forward. And that's what I meant in terms of it being extraneous to the main driving force of the show because it doesn't mm-hmm. change much for for um the team or yeah. or Richmond. But with that said, I actually really enjoyed it as I'm saying. Um so yeah, it's <laughs> actually go. my number 3 here. Nice. Uh my number 3 is and I wonder what you think about it is Ted. Um kind of he doesn't have that much of an arc. I mean, he does have a huge arc with that 
you know, results in him leaving. Uh, but especially the stuff with his mom, sort of similar to Nate, which I thought interesting that they're both kind of have these family issues, these like daddy or mommy issues that they're kind of, I mean, everybody has, like you can see it. Um, obviously with uh, Jamie as well. Um, but Ted's, I really liked it. It was pretty, I don't know. I would say, I, I would say that it was kind of, you could see where it was going, but still, I think the moment that got me a little bit, even though I mostly didn't like the episode where his mom is there, um, is when they talk about you know the family stuff and Ted curses at her, uh, which he usually doesn't do, especially not to like people he's close to. Um, uh, but I feel like we've seen Ted being this huge people pleaser for three seasons, and that was kind of his breakthrough moment. And because it kind of it came more out of nowhere than other people's, uh, which kind of almost elevated it to, for me. And you know the fact that he does leave also from a just a writing perspective is great and i hope uh, i want to talk about this later about um the question of oh is this everything we're going to see about it spoiler alert i don't think so um but i do hope that we like ted isn't coming back uh and his whole thing with grappling with his family and the jealousy and the really icky thing that his ex-wife is now dating their couples therapist which oh. like morally <laughs> really bad um but I don't know. I kind of, uh, at first I had them flipped. Ted was my number four and Colin was my number three. But I, I think just the whole three season arc of him finally admitting to himself that, you know, all of these things, acknowledging things from his childhood that have, you know, caused some pretty major, you know, things in his life as an adult uh, was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I loved his arc, and you'll see why. Because <laughs> uh, my number two is uh, Jamie Tart. There you go. Um, I think Jamie had a beautiful story this season. Um, I think you know, there's no tr- character, if you look back over all three seasons, that has changed more than Jamie mm-hmm. uh, from beginning to end. And I I love his emotional like swings back and forth, his friendship with Roy, like his finding himself and his self-confidence and all these things and um, finding a place for his life independent of his father. And uh, I mean, talk about family issues. He's like littered with them, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just, I really like Jamie's, Jamie's um, arc. The only negative to me is that fight at the end, which I hated that decision to do that (laughs) with Roy. That was so stupid. Um, and and the the way that they reveal the layers of his backstory uh, in amsterdam and in and then in obviously in mom city the penultimate episode and and a lot of things so i i just really enjoyed jamie Mm -hmm. great um my number two is rebecca because she really i mean the whole thing with the guy in amsterdam who turns out to be a pilot was like okay whatever um but and yeah there were a lot of kind of mixed like mixed messages almost from the show about like oh we're doing like this this like fortune teller thing oh no we don't really do it um but i think her kind of regressing at the start of the season with kind of being super fixated on Rupert and then going through a lot of other things, um, including stuff with her mom, including the things in Amsterdam 
but then like the things with Keeley and especially then with uh, Bex and the uh, Rupert's assistant who cheated uh, with Be- uh, on Bex with her. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my initial quote with like, if you go, I go and the whole thing that where she ends up, I thought was uh, really great. And I kind of, I feel like Rebecca was sort of a dark horse character for me throughout the seasons. And now I just wanted to finally give her like a little spotlight. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Rebecca was the first off the last off the cutting block, I guess for me. Um, I think that she had a great, I like the journey of her finding peace with Rupert being in her world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't find, I think just some of the fortune telling thing was a little bit off putting like the little bit of romance stuff on her side is a little bit much. I mean, it's great, obviously. It's all great, uh, but it's all like degrees of great, I guess. And, and for me, the number one is Ted. I think mm-hmm. it's the driving force of the season. I think Ted is, he's transformed a lot and it's more subtle than a lot of other transformations because Ted's journey in this season is a silent journey where yeah. he has all that dialogue internally. And it comes out in, again, Mom City. But before then, it's just him dealing with his struggles and his missing his son. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's the most complete arc of the season uh, to me. I think it has the least faults. I mean, I never really like it when Ted plays angry. I think that's not really great. Um, But I think his confrontation with his mother was was quite uh, effective and I just, you know, it's it's Ted Lasso. It, it's fucking Ted Lasso. So it, it, it's that simple to me. Yeah. Yeah. My number one is Roy. Um, because I think, and it is, he is kind of a standard because like it could have been, which is weird because this is my number one, but it could have, might as well also been Jamie. But like, I think the two of them together, which is obviously cheating, um, just like they changed so much in their dynamic throughout this uh, season, but especially Roy, who kind of, you know, they played for laughs with the things that he begrudgingly is now doing that Ted taught him. But I think he undergoes such a huge change uh, throughout the season and obviously mentoring Jamie, talking about his past and uh, at Chelsea and his career there and you know him finally becoming a diamond dog and all of these things um just really delighted me yeah i mean roy's amazing uh, again it's it's hard to really separate between things these characters i think they're all mm-hmm. really great um i think particularly with roy's journey i liked how he was very insecure and yeah. it was high. It was hidden behind this layers of anger and 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 tough machismo, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's a commentary on how that sort of emotion is swept under the rug by a lot of people, especially in athletics. And I think there's a there's a huge level of that, and then how it affects relationships and all of that, and finding uh, finding his own inner peace. And I guess that's a common theme throughout this season: is finding mm-hmm. one's peace, finding one's center. Uh, but I, yeah, the, Roy's great. He's fun. And it's in my mind, uh, it's like pound for pound, the funniest uh, character <laughs> out there. Yeah, for sure. Like um, <laughs> I was just thinking about two scenes. The first thing is where he basically talks to Isaac about who's like so fed up uh, with like 
the whole Colin thing and, you know, Roy basically talking to a younger version of himself about, you know, this anger that you have, it's, it's not really what you think it's about, like, it's not about the thing that you think it's about and you have to sort that out. So, because otherwise everything else you care about is going to suffer. And that was like perfect, um, Yeah, that was just like a perfect thing for me. And the other one, just kind of, yeah, as you said, like funny bits, like one of the standout part, like funny moments in this season for me was um, when Rebecca is telling him to go do the press conference and they go through, he's like, fuck no. And then she looks at him and like, like, why can't Ted do it? I mean, I'd love to. And it's just perfect. Yeah. I think the heartbreaking moment that i think of when i think about the season with roy is in the finale when he becomes a diamond dog and he's saying i've been trying all season to be someone different to be someone better and he looks at ted and it's insinuating that he's been trying to mimic or become you know ted lasso in some ways and take Mm -hmm. his guidance under his wing and ted realizes this all silently and Mm -hmm. that singular moment there is just tells so much about the journey roy has been on in becoming uh the the eventual manager of AFC Richmond and yeah. him not and learning to find his own voice, not to mimic the voice of someone else who he sees as superior to himself. But in reality, it's it, he has all he needs to become the successful manager he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Should we move on to our favorite moments of season three then? Yeah. So my number four is um, I love <laughs> just this, <laughs> The I love the Rebecca and the Dutchman on the boat. I really <laughs> uh-huh. love that that scene. It's just it's very long. It's very slow, but I think that it's indicative of um, what this show could have done better in terms of giving us space with the characters, as opposed to trying mm-hmm. to rush too many things and them spending basically the entire episode together, um, just the two of them. I think it was a really good change of pace or change of gears um, for a show that often felt rushed. Yeah, 100%. I think, honestly, for me, this entire, like, night in Amsterdam, could, I mean, it's it's basically the entire episode, but all of that is just brilliant. Um, I love every single thing about it, basically. Uh, like, all of the players not being able to decide what, to, like, where to go, and then they're just ending up having a pillow fight at the hotel lobby, or... The, the, the day afterwards which is like his beard is so funny as well like with his thing and then will also talking to his mom and like oh i met this lovely couple and they invited me for a threesome so funny that was like a like a spit take moment for me but my actual number four is what i mentioned before uh colin sneaking off from the team night and trent following him and they talk about you know uh, being queer and how especially what i thought was great which, which was a great callback was um colin talking about how uh sharon helped him realize that he doesn't want to hide it anymore and like all of this heart to heart was uh yeah just really great my next one is also from this episode and it's <laughs> kind of unrelated to a lot of things but it's higgins mm. at the jazz club oh I just yes. so memorable and also Will's like humor and just like <laughs> staring at this couple back and forth and him finding a center and 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 uh, it's just 
I think it was a great um, lead up to that scene. Um, yeah. Everyone being like, nah, with him going to the red light district. And <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. And at the end, him going up and that catharsis of playing in the band and Will supporting him the whole way. And Will is just one of my favorite like little tiny side characters. He's, I mean, there's so for many sure. great characters in this season, in this show. Mm. But um, got to you know throw it up to, for Higgins and Will. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, my number three i'm deciding last minute i'm gonna switch things is also from this night <laughs> from this episode it's ted's revelation about triangles the barbecue sauce induced hallucination which i thought was really great and i was it was like really funny like and it was like well animated and everything but the entire time i thought like okay this is like the ob- obviously like you know the the triangle thing we all know it from football and are they just going to play it like he just really invented something? And then obviously they do the whole thing. He's like, oh, yeah, that's from the 70s, uh, which was pretty funny. Uh, but just that mo- I just didn't see that one coming. And I should have seen it coming because they always have like a night out episode in which crazy stuff happens uh, every season. And this was that moment as well. Yeah, what a great scene. I really love that scene so much. And it's it's funny. It's it's really funny. And it's just great how it comes to him through through watching basketball and like in this mm-hmm. super American bar. It's just hilarious. <laughs> With all of these bunch of Australians. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest bit almost. Oh god. Um and okay, so that leads me to my number two, uh, which is Sam showing da- his dad the restaurant. Mm. I found that to be really heartwarming and in a very in an episode where Sam really struggles that's that's um you know crit- pinnacle moment or critical moment of his restaurant opening and getting trashed and the team coming to support him mm-hmm. and him his dad being there the whole time and then when his dad realizes the name was re- named the restaurant was named after him and then also uh, the, we also as an audience realize that for the first time at that scene so i love that episode so much uh or that scene so much at the end it's just a very yeah. festive happy way to end uh, an episode yeah especially one like that um with a lot of struggles um, my number two is Coach Beard forgiving Nate, uh, telling him about his history with Ted and offering Nate a job at AFC Richmond. I thought that was really great. And we do have the kind of the big forgiveness scene later when Nate apologizes to Ted, which is also very moving. But this one almost like feels much greater because you know ted was always kind of fine with nate but beard wasn't he definitely held a grudge and so i thought it was really impactful seeing beard you know beard's growth as well here and you know how that relates to his relationship with ted too and like beard is just so mysterious all the things he talks about and the things he does and things with his girlfriend um all of the sex jokes as well uh but and here in this scene that i picked obviously talking about having like stolen meth and being in prison and stealing ted's car and everything and i just thought that that was great and the the next apology scene is my number one. Nice. <laughs> oh, when Nate approaches Ted. And I think that scene is not about Ted at all. It's all about Nate. 
And the, mm-hmm. it's the culmination of where this entire season had to get to. It was the most yeah. important beat that this season had to check. And that one scene, independent of everything else, I think was beautifully done. The emotion that, um, like, that Nate has on his face uh, when he's dealing with Ted, the way that it's it's a silent apology for most of it. And then, I mean, just one word, I'm sorry, basically, or I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's done in in front of the blank wall without the believe sign and how mm-hmm. um, Ted says how he sees it there too. I just found that to be a beautifully <laughs> written episode or a season yeah. scene. And that moment is, it's the moment of the season because that's, that's mm-hmm. the most more important, whether Richmond won or lost the league um, or won or came second, I guess you're, if you're second, you're always first loser, but still <laughs> um, that it's more important that Nate, comes back and apologizes in that way and i thought that was beautiful yeah i agree funny you should mention that belief sign though because my number one is ted's speech about belief at the end of episode five where he tears up said poster and uh i thought that that was really impactful obviously that's after zava has left zava we haven't mentioned that yet but he is obviously a stand-in for ibrahimovic um very odd person but um, you know, Ted obviously talking about how Zava, he's glad Zava left and everybody here matters and they should believe in themselves and not in, Z- into, in Zava. Uh, so all of that was, that's also my most rewatched moment of this season for sure. So it, my number one has to go to that one. That's a good point because what is Ted Lasso without like, motivational speeches? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, should we go and talk about the all seasons, quick top fours? Um, Let's run through it quickly because we're pushing up on some time here. We're pushing up. Yeah, let's start with the side characters maybe. What defines Uh, a side character? This is what I I was struggling with. You said side (laughs) characters and main characters. And I'm like... um, I thought about like saying, okay, for the purposes of this, like main characters are like these... But then I thought, no, I'm just going to leave it open and we're, we might just have people in different categories. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So what's uh, maybe because you started the other top four, so I'm going to start with these ones. Uh, my number four favorite side character is Higgins. He undergoes quite a journey, not as much in season three, but he's always a great comic relief character. He's always great for like some heartfelt moments. But he's just very endearing, so I really celebrate him. And I loved that they did it, the, the, like they had him quit in the second, I think it was in the second season, right? And then he like grows the beard and plays uh, instruments and stuff like that. But then he comes back and he is a kind of a different person. Uh, still like very much the same, but he is more like he has more integrity and you got to love Higgins. My number four is Dr. Sharon. Mm-hmm. I thought in season two, her arc was great. Her relationship with Ted, her ability to bring everything out and incite a lot of the, like, the, the changes that happened in season three. Uh, she was kind of put to the side in the last season, but that's fine because her, her appearance in season two was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. Great. Um, my number three is Isaac. Um, super fun whenever he comes up. Obviously, he becomes uh, captain of the squad, and he's always there for like some intimidating parts f- for some uh, comic relief. 
and he plays it really well. He is always there in like crucial moments, always good for for speech or some interpersonal moments. And like obviously, whenever I think of Isaac, I think about uh, the the haircut scene. Uh, but also, his like you know, he is kind of the king of the locker room and in this like in the third season he's more like the judge as the captain uh when it comes to fines um but also you know him going to um colin's home after he came out to the team and them talking about it just also made my heart warm for isaac my number three is and this is going to be very blasphemous i think is trent crim Mm-hmm. I obviously love Trent. Uh, his even from the from the first or second episode of the season, where you have this voiceover of him reading his article, it's just uh, it's just phenomenal. And him, he he is kind of obviously documenting everything, and he's the one of the connective tissues of all seasons. So Trent is great. I really like him. Trent Krim, the Independent, uh, is my number two. Yeah, so I very much agree. Again, I think him playing a bigger role this season was one of my highlights he was always there always on point and my kind of like my secret star of season three uh yeah i just just really came to love him and obviously he already had a presence in the first two seasons and but he was it was always great when he was there My, wait, what number am I on now? Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my number two is the lovable Sam Obisanya. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's not to love about Sam? He is just phenomenal character. He is just, you know, loving and happy. And he's really, you know, he's not funny per se. Uh, but uh, the moments he has are just so filled with warmth because of his inherent warmth. Um, so you got to love Sam. He's great. I feel like uh, Sam is Ted's first disciple and he's also the most sort of political character in the show, Um, which is kind of an interesting contrast because he has to deal with the most shit, but also he is kind of a, like, you know, often with a smile on his face and he is just a force for good. And that's why he's my number one. Yeah, he's a great number one. I love Sam. In my first draft, he was my number one, but mm. I, at the last second, remembered a character that I could not not have number one. And my number one is Phoebe. <laughs> she nice. is hilarious and emotional and intelligent. Yeah. Obviously, she's not going to be on your list. She's a child. But she is... I just love her relationship with her uncle. It's so heartwarming. I think that like her swear jar thing is so funny to me. And every time, like even like when they go to their school and she hits Ted Lasso with a like (laughs) ball in the face, it's just like, I love it so much. Like Phoebe is amazing. Every time she's on screen, it's like, it's kind of like one of those characters that you don't see them that often. Like Sam, Sam's like a very prominent side character, but mm-hmm. for Phoebe, it's like, you don't see her that often, but when you do see her, it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah, every you, time it's great. You know, you're in for a treat for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Going on to a main characters. My number four is Rebecca. Um, you know, what I've talked about previously, is true for her like in general she goes through like such an interesting character development at first obviously she is kind of like a 
um, not an antagonist, but, you know, the revelation that she kind of just wants to um, fuck uh, AFC Richmond and thus Rupert, her ex-husband, over by getting Ted and then just slow, ever so slowly, like her, her like plan and her kind of outlook on life eroding because of Ted and of Keeley and of uh, like so many people, Higgins as well. And she just finds this strength and isn't re is kind of becoming her own person in the, in the best possible way to kind of give it to like, you know, to stick it to Rupert. And uh, I think she like her arc was tremendous this third season and thus concludes a great character development. Yeah, Rebecca's amazing. This main character list was so hard to call down. So I she's, know. She, uh, I know. it's just, there's so many great characters. I think this show, for only being on for three seasons, has created such a wide variety of great characters with all different arcs. It's absolutely mm -hmm. incredible. So, but with that said, my number four is Jamie Tart. Um, the transformation nice. that he goes through, it's incredible. And what's interesting to me, and this is what separated him versus Rebecca. Rebecca was my number five, basically. And what separated them is that at the beginning of the season, season one, you could see Rebecca is going to have to have an arc, right? That mm -hmm. she's going to, she's the villain, but you can see what's going to come. With Jamie, you kind of don't in a way. Like he could just have been, just as easily just been the asshole um, football player and then ends up leaving or just like whatever doesn't change that much. But the dramatic amount of change for <laughs> Jamie is just incredible. And from season to season, it just blows up all the time. And so I I always think back to the scene with this in the snow where Jamie comes out of the tunnel, um, nervous kind of. You can see the nerves on his face joining Ray FC Richmond again, and and it's just I I mean there's just so much so many beats for his character, so he mm -hmm. had to be my number four. Yeah, I agree, and so much so that he's my number three. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you said, he goes through the most change he yeah he could have just it would have also made sense if he just stayed at man city and would have been like a big antagonist for like this season in a way right he's like the he's like the holland uh person who scores all the goals but uh no he he has a redemption arc and just goes through so much the um obviously the scene uh, in the second season with his father in the locker room uh that heartbreaking heartbreaking so such gutting scene and just yeah him like becoming friends with roy the revelation as well uh we didn't really talk about that um in season three in like his old bedroom with like a poster of Roy's <laughs> and a poster of Keeley's, which is kind of creepy but also just like he is such a baby in this episode as well just like being nursed by his mom and stuff like that um very interesting family dynamics uh and i think yeah he is kind of a I've I've said this twice uh, once before and we, it's it's been in our serial hooks trailer 2 years ago. He's also kind of a dark horse. And so yeah, I had just had to include him in my list. Yeah. And uh, my number 3 with that said is Nate the Great. I think nice. it, it's easy to f like um forget how great was Nate in season 1. I think he would have been higher on yeah. the list list if it was more like that, but in the culmination of all three seasons, taking all three seasons as equal parts of a whole, uh, it's it's Nate has to be at worst for me, number three. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Nate, I think, yeah, season three just soured him for me. Uh, the first two seasons was was great, but he was basically my number five. You mean you didn't rewatch um, all three seasons in preparation for this episode? Come nope. on, Chris. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, no, my number two is uh, the eponymous Ted Lasso, which is probably uh, bad, but... I mean, he is the heart of the show. I mean, it's, it's the, the fucking show has his name, but you know, I I don't think I have to say anything about Ted Lasso, um, how great he is. But I think he what he what is the most striking about him is that he is a conduit for change for other people, um, and so seeing people change around him, kind of in reaction to his his actions, is incredible. And just for that, he would uh, belong on number one, but I chose to go with someone who was greatly affected by these changes. Um, So Ted can only be number two for me. Sorry. No, it's fine. It makes sense. I mean, I think... I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to uh, Ted Lasso and Jason Sudeikis. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I don't have to apologize because you know where he's on my list. But my number two, before we get there, is Roy Kent. Um... I mean, he's just iconic. Like as a character that I, mm. I just freaking love, and I just find absolutely hilarious and emotionally like moving, and just all the above. And Brett Goldstein's portrayal of him is perfection. And <laughs> I think it's it must be like the most curse words per second of screen time, like ever. <laughs> it's incredible. I, I love Roy, and it's just one of those memorable, memorable characters that um, I'm never gonna forget. Mm. yeah and uh probably unsurprisingly he's my number one i was wondering if you go with beard because you really like beard i was like, I like maybe beard, yeah he was my number one last season and now he's not even in the list but again like he he's not i did include him in basically my roster for the main characters but he's just not that present i love beard i love everything about him but he's just like not as much in the center as he is and he does i mean he does go through arcs, obviously, or through an arc. Um, but I think Roy is so strong. Uh, the way he changes, the way he also kind of fights it, but then in the end accepts it. Everything, I mean, Roy is amazing. His his portrayal is great. Um, the rare smiles we get from him are so good. Um, and just, yeah, the dry humor just gets me every time. The cursing, everything. And yeah, as you said it, Roy and like his performance and his writing by uh, Brett Goldstein is perfection. And I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to see obviously what Brett's up to. He, I know he has a show on Apple TV plus as well. Uh, the one with Harrison Ford. As yeah. A, shrinking. As a thir- shrinking. Exactly. That's the next one on my watch list. I think. Unsurprisingly, I've already seen it. <laughs> yeah. No, not, no surprises here. Um, but I still have two weeks of apple tv plus this month uh so i'm gonna watch it um yeah and roy is just amazing so he's my number one and oh i wonder who's your number one gonna be it's ted lasso no surprise <laughs> obviously it's it's ted lasso it's his show he's an icon he is is like a cultural yeah. icon above everything else and it's he is the driver of the entire show driver of every single character's arc the driver of everything in afc mm. richmond and his memorable speeches will go it like will stick in my memory forever like it is the show based on this one like 
this show revolves around this son who is Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And for that reason and that reason alone, I mean, there's so many reasons, obviously not that alone, but it's Ted Lasso. It's his show. It's Ted Lasso. He's the best. Like it's, it's, I hope that I will be watching this show and I'm watching Ted Lasso stuff 40 years from now because (laughs) it is, it is just so, so um, iconic. I don't know what other words to say. Yeah. That perfectly leads me to my last question for this episode. What do you think? Is this it? Are we going to have a season four with Tad? Are we going to have some spin-off? What do you think is uh, the future of this show? I don't think there's any way we get Tad back. I don't. Mm. I also don't think there's going to be any spin-offs. I mean, there might be a spin-off, like entirely different. But I think this is the end of the road. Um, mm. I. I mean, to the point where Apple, when Apple releases like videos of like a tribute video to the end of the season, and they're just like, yeah. "This is it. Like, this is probably it." Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring something just like AFC Richmond back with some of the casts, or even all of it minus uh, Jason Sudeikis, but. It, it's it, it, for all intents and purposes, we're not going to see these characters again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I definitely hope Ted's not coming back because they just did everything perfectly. Like they just wrapped everything up. Um, I could see Apple trying to be greedy and be have a fourth season or something, or just have spinoffs with most of the like with some of the characters. Um, I kind of hope they don't do that because, yeah, I think those three seasons, they're a thing and everything else would be jumping the shark. So, um, One of the things yeah. about Apple as a studio is that it's not concerned with money as much as the other yeah. studios because it's Apple and it's so rich. It's the richest company in the world. So it, it what Apple has done always is, at least over the past few years, has been all right, we're going to leave it up to the the artists or the creator. So I don't mm. think it's really a matter of whether Apple wants it or not. I think it's more of, do they want to come back? And Jason Sudeikis has clearly, I mean, for yeah. lack of a better, he hasn't said this is it, it, no matter what. But I mean, he's done and he said he's done. And I mm. think uh, every indication is to that. And I don't think it's going to, I don't think there's, oh, there's a very, okay. Basically, if I had to bet, <laughs> I would bet on it not coming back at all. Yeah. Uh, but you never know. Things can happen. Creators change their minds. Yeah. Brendan Hunt has kind of left the door open in some interviews that I've seen, but that's also, you know, conjecture. He d- did say like, he doesn't know it. You know, it's time will tell, basically. I kind of hope they don't. And also, I think that was just a perfect moment in time where Ted Lasso, started and where it got through and honestly with the success of the show and everybody involved i mean yes apple has a lot of money but everybody not maybe everyone but like some people like brett goldstein uh are just gonna go through so to to do so many other great things and they're gonna be so busy might be like um the thing that i could think of is um sherlock the c the like tv show the bbc show with um benedict cumberbatch and martin freeman which was pretty iconic a few years ago and then they both got like became super famous and now they obviously don't want to do that anymore because they have bigger fish to fry so um i'm just you know kind of hoping we don't get to see anything uh from from this except all of these telecent people in different roles and for that i can't wait 
So yeah, I hope um, everybody has been enjoying our coverage of season three of Ted Lasso and thanks for sticking with us uh, through all three seasons. Rashad, it's been a pleasure, um, you know, this the, uh, not just watching the show, but talking about it and loving it uh, together with you. Uh, thank you so much. If you've enjoyed the show, everyone, please make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date and have all our new episodes come straight to your podcast app of choice. For Rashad, I'm Chris and talk to you next time. See ya!